Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello, 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 hello. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. My name is Alex Q, and welcome to the 11th episode of Miscast. Ooh. What in the worlds? <laughs> what in the worlds? What in the worlds? Is that what uh, you called the first one? No, I called the first one a whole new world. Oh, clever, clever bastards. See, so now it's <laughs> what in the world. Uh, this is our 11th episode, and each episode, using the expertise of our superstar co-host and special guest, who's very special today, uh, we are discussing tabletop topics that we hope improve your generalship expertise and enjoyment of your gaming experience. Uh, if you've kept up with us so far, you know it's the podcast that talks nonsense. But some sense... And it's the podcast this week that's been going down celebrities losing their shit rabbit holes. Like, if you guys remember Christian Bale on the set of Batman going mental. Do you guys remember this? I read something about it, but I never actually saw it myself. But I can well imagine it because he doesn't come across as too stable, does he? (laughs) <laughs> well, well yeah exactly because the the reason i did it because i i consume a lot of podcasts as i've said before and the adam buxton podcast touched on this because he made a jingle of christian bale going mental and if you can remember i can't remember what year it was but he was on the set of batman and some sound dude or something walked past in the background uh-huh. and he just lost he just went completely nuts yeah. but as part of that though he was being like really nice but in a shouting way and it's something that loads of the celebrities seem to do when they completely lose their like minds. Like they're super angry, like, ah, oh, I hate you, but you're so nice. You're just so nice. But they're just shouting at the same time. Um, so if you haven't, go on YouTube and type in um celebrities losing their crap in interviews. It's very, very funny. 
Oh, you spend too much yeah. time on the internet, Alex. You really do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's in between working. I work long, so I have to watch stupid crap on YouTube. It must be quite discombobulating to like spend all that time imagining being someone else, and then all of a sudden something happens, and you're you realise you're in reality. Yes, yeah, like I imagine it must be really difficult. It'd be much easier to lose your shit if there's if your wires are all fucked in your head. So I feel I feel for them. I went to Worlds and I thought I was okay at Warhammer. I was <laughs> so wrong. <laughs> and I did lose my shit. No, I didn't. Are you uh, being a salty bitch at Worlds? Uh, anyway, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll get to that. that. <laughs> we'll get to that. No, 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 no Christian Bale style meltdowns for me. I don't know about our guest. I think they were cool as cucumbers when they are. Yeah, uh, you were super calm, Owen. Yeah. The rage and anxiety and uh, feelings of, you know, maybe um, not uh, imposter syndrome that I internalized them perfectly then. Fantastic. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I see. There you go. Okay. If any of you uh, listening are interested, yeah, type in, type in Tom Cruise. It loses his shit in an interview. It's really funny. There's a little bit, there's a little part of me that either wants to see or be the person that does the up table. <laughs> oh, what, as you flip the table, you actually yeah, want to yeah. flip I it. I want someone to to be so salty that they just grab the table and throw it. Now I know that's really bad of me, but I think before I die, that would be a great experience to to witness. <laughs> uh, have you ever gotten close to that, Darren? <laughs> no, I, I I've nearly caused people to do it. <laughs> <laughs> at, at Six Nations last year, it wasn't intentional, but we had a table collapse and a whole Eidneth Deepkin and Cowdron Overlords army imploded. Like oh, a submersible oh, into the middle of the table. Yeah, it was um, like a submersible. Yeah, sorry, that's... <laughs> it's a bit current. <laughs> that's that's like current, current, current affairs. Um, yeah, they can both fly yeah. anyway. Ko fly and, and they, they yeah. I don't know, fly in the sea anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> anyway, people are losing their minds listening to this nonsense. Um, right, we're going to get into it. So, my first co-host, you've heard already. You've heard his sexy serenades. And the now ex-world champion. <laughs> he goes by at Positive Victim on Twitter. It's Darren Watson. I am not an ex-world champion, I'll have you know, Alex. I've not you... been to an event and had it taken up. I was, I'm the <laughs> world champion 2022, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're just like how... Trump is still president. If he <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did I tell As you? If... You know, last year the world's trophies were weren't the best. Let's say they were three D printed and they're they're pretty horrific. Did I tell you that I I broke mine and now when it where it sits on my trophy ca- cabinet, it's right at the top and it leans forward and it looks like it's trying to commit suicide. <laughs> 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 getting the psychology right in there already that's a psychology episode before great love it. how are you doing down all right all good otherwise oh, did you get any... well, not not great we had to put down one of our chickens today oh um, i'm sorry yeah bless her winifred for context listeners rune um if you don't know we i rescue um i rescue caged hens and we've had uh, Winifred for a, a good few years. This was the third time she was going downhill. And Alex, uh, my better half, she doesn't like to watch anything suffer. So we made the decision to take poor Winifred to the, the vets today. And she went away. Um, so, yeah, it was not not the best day. Um, but I try to think about what a wonderful life she had. They're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty cool chickens. Certainly yeah, exactly. 
when they come to, I tell you this, when they come to you, they've got no they're not allowed outside because if you let them just run around straight away, they'll break their legs because they're so brittle. That's how that's how few nutrients oh. they've got in them. Um, and I always think to myself, no matter how hard a day I'm having, I'm not a fucking caged hen. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like it could be a, a great deal worse. And these 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 they've said they're so tenacious. They it's marvelous watching them regrow all their hair and then when you first let them outside they start scratting about for the first time when we did this lot they they all started um like making chicken noises obviously like bah, 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 for 45 minutes straight you know like what, I, I imagining for, they all start, they all started shouting at each other when they were when they were finally let outside for free and i think it's wonderful thinking they're all going fucking hell look at this this is great. Look at this. There's a fucking slab over here. I can fucking see it. It's wonderful. It's like it's like the I'm too excited. But for chickens. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. That reminds me of my journey from 2022 to 23. It was <laughs> breaking my legs and then shouting in the end. Yeah. Your the pictures of the um your team in celebration, you can feel the joy in those they're absolutely fantastic and i love the i love the um that you you shared there was an article wasn't there the largest danish instagrammer was um, Mm -hmm. mentioned you guys as well so that that image has been seen by what a hundred thousand plus people it that's pretty yeah it's been a hundred thousand likes so i don't know that what that transitions to to views yeah yeah, I mean it's it is pretty amazing. When we we will we will be discussing this in detail, of course. Um so I'm sorry, Darren, about that, but as, as you said, nice life, and now you get to talk to everyone on the internet about Warhammer. So well, and hopefully that makes you feel a bit better. I have better. been talking Warhammer all day <laughs> with everyone because a new GHB is about to drop. Well, exactly. So there you go. Everyone's going mental with that one, eh? Right, should we should we move and get our next uh, next uh, lovely host in then, and we yeah, can get on. into it. So he's back. We did have a mini sode uh, where actually, to be fair, Darren and Luke did correctly predict the top two, but <coughs> we won't talk about the top three. Uh, it's the sexy sock seductor himself. You can find him at aim four with the number. Success. <laughs> Aim for success on the gram. He's at OJ180 on Twitter. It's the Owen Jackson. Hello. Yeah. Hello, You're Owen. You're really wasted, you know, healing people and whatever. <laughs> you really are. You know, there's, there's newspapers out there crying for headlines that like the caliber that you can deliver on this podcast every time. Thanks. Thanks, yeah. man. Um, I'm good. How's things with you, Alex? You well? I, I, I'm just flipping it back onto you very quickly. That's fine with me. I was going to tell you some lovely new, uh, new some medical jazz, if you like, Owen. Please do. Furnish us. It's around jazz music. Right. Jazz. Mm. So, there's a new paper from John Hopkins talking about the health benefits of jazz. What? Yes. Yep. So now you can tell people that you're just being healthy. Brilliant. Yeah. Also, improve memory, mood, really? uh, and can improve your verbal abilities just listening to jazz. So for anyone out there just like Owen who wants to listen to some jazz, now you have doctor approved. Brilliant. Also, I found out this month that um, 
if you take naps, then uh, that means that your brain gets bigger and is better for you as well. So, what do you mean it gets bigger? Well, what's the biggest thing to get? Well, I mean, as much depends how much room you've got in your skull, but um, <laughs> supposedly it's. But hold on, I've got. <laughs> all I do is nap. I'll post all I do is nap. If so, I've been you still can't use long. the bloody buttons on the computer. <laughs> so that's clearly not working either. <laughs> well, I also found out today that um, the reason why you feel lethargic after you eat is because when your body breaks down the food, especially carbohydrates, it creates the melatonin that helps you go to sleep. So that's why you feel drowsy. God, this isn't a... Listen, you thought this was a Sigma podcast. Yeah. Actually, it's a medical podcast. Sorry, Darren, <laughs> what did you ask? What about when you masturbate or you, you you ejaculate? That often gets me to sleep. Is it the same thing? Uh, you eating when you masturbate? Uh, it depends if it's Wednesday. There's different sorts of websites <laughs> for the ones I've been looking at. Um, there are different websites. I've been looking at websites. Uh, <laughs> I'll come back to you on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some research. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, I, if, I must, if I must. Oh, can you mute, please, while you do the research? Thanks. Yeah, okay, no problem. Yeah. Good. Um, right. Good. I'm fine, thank you. I've not played a game of Warhammer in almost a month, and I feel great. Um, gave yourself a bit of a break after... Worlds. It was an enforced break, I'll be honest with you, mate. I worked for three weeks solid. And I only... Talk, I was talking to my friend Leo earlier, as a friend of the show, Leo, and he was like... From episode so, two? Yeah, from episode yeah. two. Uh, yeah. I did do 21 days of work in a row because I kind of delayed some stuff to do Worlds. But then before Worlds, I did six weekends of tournaments. So I'm just exhausted. But exhausted. Well, that sounds like small fry for you, Owen. What's going on? Um, well, I know that you don't really know what you can do until you do it um, in, in all things in life, right? I'm sure that, mm-hmm. you know, our guests ruined like the level of commitment and you know, how yeah. deep he went in the game, I'm sure that didn't maybe see what that was going to be like when they started off on their project. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's, yeah. Been, it's been really good, but I do feel pretty, a bit frazzled, but I've got that kind of nice mix of um, content and exhausted at the same time. So, um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a lot of two turn games you have to play. So, Steve, this is a misnomer. I played one two turn game. I played one two turn game, and everything else was a bloody grind. Um, obviously, I wasn't doing it right. Um, you but, just weren't KOing right. You need no, to have a chat. I You've think, been on it, Owen, about that since you found out he was on KO. Yeah, you know what? I, real talk, like maybe some content 20 minutes into the recording that people might be interested in. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you learn a lot about yourself from a gaming point of view when you play different armies. And I think I was actually probably a bit too um, tentative. Yeah. Uh, as a player to really get the most out of KO. Um, you know, I would always get five battle tactics and, you know, and my grand strat jet on the whole. But um, if you're taking a Rolls-Royce army and you're expected to get 17 plus points from the matchups and you're being put down with the defender, um, you know, you're put, you're, you're put down and you're, you're choosing the battle plan. You're there to get those points. You know, when you only get 14 or 13, then it doesn't, you know, it's not, you're not delivering as much. So I do think that a slightly more aggressive player, such as like Fabian, for example, on the, um, on the English team, you know, he was, um, he would be more of your archetypal KO player because you perhaps 
you really do push early and you go for the big cripple and then the game is over in two turns. Um, I don't know. That's me thinking out loud. Um, well, that's what we're here for, Owen. We're here to listen to your yeah. thinking out loud. So, so I'm, I've not picked up the Sky Dwarfs. I think they're going to be very good in the next edition. Um, but um, I'm, I'm moving on to Pastures New. Um, Ooh. Yes. And if anyone doesn't know what that is, go and see Owen, as I said, at Aim for Success on the ground. <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> right. Should we get a lovely guest in? Yeah. You've heard his lovely accent already he's tall and sexy like all danes and if you don't believe me you should look at the aos world's thread where the picture of all these sexy bastards is and they're all tall and sexy he's done an insanely awesome twitter thread so again if you haven't read the twitter thread go and read it it will a it's just interesting but b it will actually make you better at the game just reading it so go and read that He's been on national television and radio, I think, and so ne- therefore he's now an actual Warhammer celebrity. And <clears throat> the new LS champion, Rune Holes. You can find him at Holes the Rune on Twitter. It's Rune Holes, everybody. Woo. Rune. That was beautiful. They gave me way better introduction than they did, than they did on TV. <laughs> I wish they had shouted like that. Yeah. You got once you're a new world champion, you got to you got to do the what's his name? I always forget the damn guy's name. Michael American, Michael, uh, Michael Buffer. Buffer. Thanks. Yeah, you got to do, you got to do a bit of Michael Buffer. Oh, you're a champion. You're a champion of the world. It's, that's a reference I can't. I, I don't know, but yeah. He's Michael the boxing Buffer. announcer, so you know whenever they come out mm, to box, okay. and he says, um, "Let's get ready to rumble." There's that guy. They don't. Yeah, I told my. That's why I told my wife the day after. <laughs> yeah. I love it that you you know the pitch of this this podcast already, Rune. <laughs> How are you doing, Rune? How are you feeling? Buzzing? Yeah, buzzing. But as as Owen said, I also had my uh, had a bit of break afterwards. So a culmination of a lot of work and like fairy tale for us in Denmark, I guess. Well, you were saying that you guys were a bit disappointed the year before, right? And so this year, coming back round, and, and as we mentioned again off air, uh, not only winning it, but beating the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place teams. Um, yeah. Pretty amazing. Smashing it. Yeah, it was incredible. Like, we, uh, we <laughs> to say myself, uh, we we won two years ago, but, but it was only 12 teams contesting that year. That was the Corona year. In Milan, oh yeah, oh, yeah, 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 way smaller, um, and I think that the teams that were there, which were like good, like in the top teams, that was France and and the uh, USA, for instance, they knew we were good going into the next year because they had seen us play, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody else really knew. It was like we, we weren't known to be good players, and then the next year, we we got our ass kicked by the France. England. Well, you did you pretty awesome. Like you beating them all and winning the whole thing. So that's great. Um how is how's being on national television now that you're a celebrity? Great. That was uh, that was fun. Like I first I was on two times actually at the same show. And first time was Friday morning and I was shooting on my webcam in the garden from my house. Uh, and, and it was like was a breakfast like show. Minutes something was it yeah it was like a breakfast thing like two minutes and 
after that, the the host or not the host, but somebody working there asked me if I wanted to uh, to come in uh, a couple of days later. So we did that. Brought two guys from the team, and oh, cool! Because they gave us, I think they gave us more respect than at least I would. They gave us as much as I'd hoped for. They were expecting uh, facts that you Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like we we just normal guys, right? You know, and and I think that link that we weren't uh, like people from. Um, a dungeon uh, from some a dungeon <laughs> exactly that's what I was kind of I was searching for that word we just I mean, normal guys some like, of us oh, like okay. dungeons thank you very much so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no that was good um and and yeah we had we had a good time there 100% awesome yeah that's that's good i mean the whole thing has been awesome as i said your twitter thread is great so as i said if anyone hasn't read it please do go and read it where you talk about um <clears throat> your your kind of list and your experience and stuff which is awesome we'll talk a bit about that now so but before we get into all of that with everyone we need to start with the most important subject and that's clicks <laughs> and finally do it <laughs> i mean I, it's a hot topic right it really is <laughs> so for those of you that don't live on twitter uh one of the england team decided to throw a bomb into the internet and talk about clocks um so we're gonna do it owen clocks yeah what's going on i've actually had a very quite an in-depth bit of back and forth with somebody uh who was had the opposing um opinion to myself um you know sort of saying that they felt that it was putting undue pressure on players and things like that so there's a lot of interesting discourse around it i think it's the fear of the unknown just like, um, you know, a lot that happens in politics and society and all sorts, you know, like I think when you, you know, come up to a table, obviously everyone's coming at it from, you know, you people play the game for different reasons. And there's like an idea that the clock is this kind of ultra competitive way of like putting extra pressure on your opponent and they might only play a few, you know, a few tournaments a year and they're there for fun. But I think the counterpoint to that is, you know, that the game should be played in such a way that um, both players have an equal amount of time. And it's just a very clear and easy way of um, showing that. I think when you get to world's level, there are ways that people weaponize the clock, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, another element again. But thinking about them in general play, like it's just the fear of the unknown. I genuinely think I can't believe that no content creator has, be- has said this is how a clock works in a game of Age of Sigmar. Um, like, yeah, I think someone should do that. Uh, You've done it. YouTube video coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Just a quick little recording saying, this is how it happens. This is what, because, you know, and, and again, the other thing around like, oh, it's not fair. You're putting your opponent, like putting players under pressure. Well, it's also not fair if you turn up to a tournament and you don't know your rules and you're really slow. And then there's another player who's trying to rush through and you don't have a fair amount of time. And then it doesn't come to a satisfactory conclusion. So. I think um, people should just try it, much like food you don't like or music you think you don't like. Um, like jazz. Just <laughs> like that. <laughs> so you don't know, you, you know, you, you've got to speak from a position of strength and, and try it. Try it, you might like it. Just like, um, no, don't say that, Owen. Um, just like... Um, <laughs> what, Owen? Yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm definitely not saying what I thought. But, um, <laughs> I uh, almost you know, said um, what I thought you were going to say. What, anal sex? Yeah. <laughs> I love the way everyone was thinking it. <laughs> um, uh, aside from that, uh, I guess lots of people. Um, I guess people, lots of people want to um, uh, like have that sort of game that they they would like to enjoy that they appreciate, right? And so, I guess it's how you go into a game, right? Lots of people necessarily didn't want clocks because they want to have a different experience i guess i guess that's the what people are talking about but what do you think darren clocks i think i i i was very anti-clocks going into worlds and i came out of worlds last year thinking what a fucking fantastic idea this is and i'm not very good with them um some of my games went very close to time and they did put me under a great deal of pressure but i looked around the room and just thinking about the fact that every game in that room finished on time and the the tos weren't spending 80 percent of their time trying to figure out who's won a game or not because at that point when the, the clocks have run out it becomes a battle of wills and it's no longer a game of sigma and it becomes the the person that tends to win is the person that thinks they're more important than everyone else in that situation um which is which is which is really vile isn't it from a from a competitive um viewpoint i get the discourse around it i get that um some competitive people don't want to see clocks. I get some casual people don't want to see clocks, etc. Um, and that's fine. I'm we're not as a I think as a competitive scene, we're not saying that every tournament ever needs to to have clocks in it. Uh, I think from the from the the domestic scene, you know, the UK scene, we're we're very opposed to it, and we just don't have the infrastructure that now supports creating an elite. Um, national team and i think we've got to take some responsibility for that as well i'll i'll, I'll touch on that later if we mm-hmm. revisit this mm. um, but we, we there is too much resistance to clocks domestically and other nations don't have that resistance and it shows like the, Fre- the french um i imagine going to a tournament in france they're all quite happy to play with clocks aren't they um and i imagine yeah. it's the, i imagine it's the same in denmark room perhaps you can correct me if i'm wrong but it's not absolutely clock- yeah it's not got the resistance it has here. Um, and it's our fault if we're not the only the only experience that casuals really get with competitive gamers is when we argue about clocks once a year. <laughs> so no wonder there's resistance. <laughs> the thing I would say as well is that we're gonna get left behind in the UK. And I know that there's a yes. vast vast majority of probably the uh, the majority of people that play Warhammer in the United Kingdom and probably globally don't give a fuck about that mm-hmm. um but yeah. within like if we want to foster like a kind of you know a competitive scene because there are like a lot of people who take this game as a competitive thing and they get a you know it's, it's a way of expressing themselves creatively and intellectually and all sorts and like we're going to get left behind if we've we been don't yeah <laughs> arguably yeah yeah i mean christ okay mm-hmm. case in point i used a clock at worlds 2022 the next time i used the clock was worlds 2023 yeah, yeah. Wow. That, no, but that's that's terrible. And I, I think um, the next time I used the clock, that was the week after. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that is a good point, Rune. I, how, I mean, not to throw you in the deep end because there's some Twitter storm out there. But um, how do you feel about clocks? I mean, clocks, as you said, in Denmark, lots. Do you guys? Yeah, I, I mean, I put myself or? into the Twitter Twitter storm a little bit myself, and I think like, I had a, had a discussion with uh, 
a, a guy from Denmark, another guy, and it was not specifically about clocks, but it was I'm trying to solve a different issue about trying to get more people to attend tournaments in Denmark because we're a super small country, right? And mm, yeah, uh, and I was I was just asking him because he I think he has a better touch point than me for certain regions in Denmark, certain player bases, and I was talking to him about it, and he said to me that. Um, Difficult games, and that was uh, that was his wording. Difficult games is a lot of reason why people do not attend tournaments, and difficult in the sense that it don't it boils down to the fact that you want to go to tournament to play, not to resolve conflicts. Yeah, and it can be super exhausting to confront your opponent when mm. there's an issue. Uh, in the UK, you got this super cool infrastructure with TOs. I imagine I've actually haven't been to a tournament in UK, but a lot of my my mates have. Um, and there, there are actually TOs at tournaments there. We don't really have TOs in tournaments in Denmark. We got the guy that arranges it. He is a TO, but he's not refing. Mm-hmm. Um, TOs make a great deal of difference. And yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, um, really but really we don't have that. But instead, we have clocks. And from the time perspective, that solves a lot of that. Um, so he's all for clocks having those at tournaments because even mm. for new players. It just there's not a conflict on this time issue. You're oh, taking no. the you're taking the play you're taking the the timing you're almost taking the timing yeah. out of the players' hands even though they're controlling it. Yeah, in a weird exactly. way. You don't yeah. have to confront your opponent saying, "I think we're having an issue here." I, and, yeah. from and that can, it, it strengthens the social contract. It doesn't weaken it, does it? It makes it like a stronger bond between you and your opponent because you're both on the same page and you're trying to get through these issues together, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, I got involved with one of the threats where someone wrote that um, they got offended if someone would bring a chess clock and put it down in front of them. Mm. And for me, being personally offended by (laughs) someone doing that, it's just strange because... I don't personally know you, so you shouldn't be personally offended by what I'm doing. I'm not. It's not. I, it's not an attack on your person because I don't know you, so it cannot be an attack on your person. It's just that I, I want this to be a fair game. Yeah. Uh, from my own, I, say, I think a lot of people. Lots of it is about lots of the threads, and people can go and read them. I think lots of people just from the other side feel that they want to approach the game slightly differently, and to them, a mm-hmm. clock kind of pushes it towards a more competitive way. Whereas maybe they don't, they're not that interested in that sort of game experience at a tournament. So, yeah. Well, at the moment, know. if you want to use a clock in the UK, you've got to you've got to bring a clock and then ask your opponent. And, um, and there's a lot of people that are saying, "Oh, I would never, I would never play against a clock, etc." Because we don't have tournaments that say we're going to use chess clocks. Again, we don't have that infrastructure. We're not saying, or I'm, you know, I'm certainly not saying every single tournament we should use clocks religiously and every single tournament needs to be hyper competitive, etc. But fucking hell, one or two would be nice, do you know? And 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 I don't think if we have one or two in the UK, those people that don't like that want to play use clocks will turn up. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. And all the fucking hundreds of other tournaments that don't have clocks. Like, Jesus Christ. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Uh, yeah, I suggest it. just trying it out. Because 100%. <laughs> also, for a lot of the people that are against it, I can I understand that perspective before because I, I, I didn't feel similar, but I understand coming from that perspective when you haven't tried mm. it. 
Um, but from from my point of view, it's not about managing my opponent's time, but I want to be able to uh, calmly figure out my own turns without mm. stressing myself. And I and I did that before there was chess clocks. I was like, oh, I need to figure out my hero phase real quick because. I'm spending our shared amount of time and we need to go yeah, to yeah, round yeah. five or we'll yeah. have an issue and I don't want to go to that issue. Um, but now I can be like, okay, I'll, I'll spend 20 minutes thinking about my hero face. That did bite me in the ass against friends. <laughs> <laughs> that did wow. bite me in the ass against friends. But we'll get into well, that's that. A, that's a very good segue because we should probably come off the clocks now. But thank you all for talking about that just because it's uh, relevant. So, <clears throat> world's rune. Mm. Um. Well, you you did a lot of talk about your you guys prep and you, as we said you, the year before you guys were disappointed. So, what changed between the year? I mean, fourth is still great, obviously, um, but what what changed in between coming fourth and that sort of feeling of disappointment to this time round? What did you go? Did you guys do anything different this time round? Was it more prep? Was it different prep? What 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 did you guys kind of get up to in the intervening period? I think we just you know, put a bit of finesse on our approach. Um, okay. So not like any major changes to be, to be quite frank about it. Like it's not like, Oh, we saw Jesus or something like that. We just <laughs> finessed it a little bit. Well, that would have helped for a tournament. <laughs> that would have helped. Like, <laughs> it was a handmade. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, we don't, we, we don't have the amount of time. A lot of us, at least that a lot of uh, other, um, competitors do in the scene like we're not big phil any of us yeah. i mean no <laughs> one is big phil it. let's put that out there i mean no one in the world is big phil so yeah <laughs> exactly um so we really put we really try to make it efficient our practice um and all of and our so was that like practice days or was that a team days how, how did that sort of manifest i think in a sense we're blessed because uh we seven of us this year of the playing uh, team, and and the coach and the two assistants were from the same club. Oh, um, uh, okay, cool. So that means we had a lot of just high level game, like that sort of games, always. Yeah, uh, and I think i think a lot of other uh teams you might you might have some games uh you might only play tournaments and you're you're gonna conclude that your list is great because you're you went five oh or four one at a tournament sure uh but you don't really reflect on what if my opponent had done something else you know you just you just want it and yeah. because everybody in our little group is super competitive cool. then uh, then we get a lot of the good games in yeah and you you hear that a lot about <clears throat> you know people go through stretches of kind of winning lots and lots of tournaments. I know in the UK that happens, and often it's you hear about this group of players that get to play each other all the time and they learn from each other. I mean, I know Darren, you guys in the My Hills, are, are an example where you you're just playing around with with really good quality players, and lots of your practice games are just really good quality. So, um, hmm. so you're yeah, only that's, as good that's, as people you play. You're only as good as the people you play. Yeah, play yeah absolutely. And um and kind of the lists and deciding what list to take and kind of your your meta. We had a question from Twitter about um was there anything that surprised you in the meta or 
or did you kind of nail the meta going in? How did you guys kind of come up with what you wanted to to take? Was it a kind of very communal process or did were there strong characters there saying, I'm going to do this? How, how did you guys come around to it? Yeah, ex- extremely communal. Like we are very flat hierarchy wise, I guess you'd say. Um, I'm elected captain, but I'm basically just, I think, was it Darren you that said, had a word for it? I'm, Mm-hmm. Uh, managing the chickens or something you said i don't know managing egos i don't think i don't think for for team denmark's perspective it's not egos but it's a lot of just managing uh, and making sure everything works out but it's not so much that we have a few of us making the big decisions of course there are some of the guys that are newer that pick it back a little bit more or like just tell me what to play sort of vibe. Um, but but it's very little of that. Uh, so I think that when it came to the lists, we uh, we had a good read on the meta, 100%. I'm not going to yeah. stroke my own ego, but I think that was, of course, a, a big part of why we, uh, why we won. Um, and we, so did you go in with kind of thinking, did you, were you a team that had kind of lots of counter picks to to kind of what you thought the meta read would be or um yeah counter picks yeah 100 and then also not being not not being too easy for other counter like meta picks not being a prey mm-hmm. um so if you if you would take from my perspective if you would take a normal helen uh, lumineth list sure yeah there would be a lot of a lot of lists in the meta that was good to, that was designed to beat Lumineth because Lumineth was so dominant leading up to mm. it. Yeah. So a lot of people brought Varengards or even Ogors or different lists that that that, that were good into uh, to Lumineth. So we the, the classic kind of Tekla Sentinel build. Yeah. Lumineth, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 So we wanted to avoid that, those kind of situations because that would make pairings a lot diff- more difficult. Mm. And uh, did you do that actively for everyone's lists, or was that just a, a yeah. case of you wanted a few? No, no, we did. We did for everyone's list, yeah. And I, we we like to also uh, try and strive a little bit away from the meta when we make our lists, not in an attempt to purposely uh, be harder to practice against. I mean, that's just it's also. A result because yeah. everybody knows how to play against a meta list because you've played against it mm-hmm. ten tournaments already. But mm-hmm. that's not the reason that drives it. It's just that we think that we can make a better list. Mm. It, uh, it, it was very obvious. The more because I obviously did some of the coverage and watched some singles, and then you know I did actually watch all the games back and watched a couple of your rounds and obviously read all the lists, and it just seemed that you'd played it's like with anything you play and you play and you play and you realize what's good and then you start to have a little bit of fun maybe with like 400 points of the army and then you you ended up with lots of things which as you say much like the french like your lumineth list and the french lumineth list were very different but they both were the slight step away from what you'd expect so you know when you prepare as a team, you prepare for Lumineth and all, and even people putting like matchups into the matrixes, they probably went, Oh yeah, Lumineth, I'm KO. I've got my burst grenade and you know, <laughs> I can put my 30 thunders in front and blow everything up. Like it kind <laughs> of those little things around. 
Um, even like um, I, 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 I don't want to get his name wrong. Is it Malfa? Malfa? Yeah, the Spanish player. Yeah, I played him at Blood Tie when he was playing Nurgle, and I was really Nurgle. impressed that he switched army. And then again, his Slanesh list was just, it had 10 Slick Blade um, Seekers and then another two fives as well. And it was like, yeah. it, 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 everything was like just that little bit sharpened and just that little bit honed more than a lot of the lists that were there. Um, yeah, we made that list together, Melda and I, and yeah. uh, it's just fucking slammed. I think oh he, lost, <laughs> he averaged 18 points per game. Yeah. Oof. First person to ever beat Ron here at Worlds, I believe, as well. It's, it's, and first time at Worlds, and uh, quite new in the in the AOS scene in Denmark. He did get good matchups because he had a list that was able to to slam dunk. Yeah, when he got into so was that an active was that an active choice from your end was to try and get him into like the real yeah. nail aggro matchups so he can go and get the points. He, he had a lot, a lot of very green matchups every round. So for us, it was trying to dodge him not to get into the greenish matchups. Mm. Um, those are those are still very high pressure situations because yeah. it's nice being in a comfortable matchup, but it's not nice to think, "Fuck!" Like I'm expected yeah. to get a big, big win. Yeah. That does put you under a lot of pressure. Uh, I world. prefer to be in red ones. Me yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting you say that because we the episode our little mini episode before which again shout out luke and darren did a great job predicting you guys were going to win um they both said they'd want their experienced players in the red matchups so yeah. that sort of fits it's the red matchups are just oh, when you when you see, when you see a guy when you're against an opponent that knows he's he's supposed to win this matchup mm-hmm. and you can just like um what what is what are the name of the doctors that work like surgeons? You should put surgical surgically yeah. remove mm-hmm. his own like trust in his own capabilities. Mm-hmm. You know, just see him and be very friendly and polite and make sure that everything's a good game, but just being able to surgically win that game. That point that where they the realise they're gonna lose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know you can do it. Like you just need to Play right and mm. hope that your opponent makes a mistake when it's ultra when it's very red. You put a red color for a reason because you know if he plays it exact, you would you will lose. Um, yeah. Otherwise, well, you predicted it wrongly, right? We came up with the term on the Welsh team of like smashers and scrappers. So the smashers are like your seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty points, and then your scrappers are getting six, seven, eight, nine points from mm. from reds. <laughs> And definitely through the course of the tournament, I was on a smasher list and I realized in singles, I play off the back foot. So yeah. uh, I like to play the left field lists, uh, well, yeah. slightly left field. And um, we had a, an agreement going in to Worlds that, you know, we were going to take really strong meta lists. So we were going to take the kits, we were going to take the KO. And I put my hand up for KO. And probably in retrospect, looking back, that wasn't the mm. best idea. I think I would actually be much prefer... I much prefer the psychological element that you described, Rune, of being like, yeah, this is yours to lose, bro, and I'm going to push that button and I'm going to remind you of that at different points. And, you know, yeah. like I like that as a as a position that you start from rather than the, like, I've got to do my thing here. Um, so I think allocating the right 
players onto the right armies is is a skill and obviously i think you sounds like you've got that right as well yeah yeah i, I think that I think we we tried to pick the eight list that we thought was best Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like we thought we wanted to get off meta and be like, oh, uh, the, the opponent's not going to know what we do. But that was just a happy coincidence as well. Um, so you didn't you didn't make kind of blockers or attacking type stuff. You just thought, okay, we want to get us a solid a group of armies. Best as eight list we can we can uh, we can get together. I think thinking back, we could have our one wrong choice of an army that was our um, safe to darkness list. Hmm. Oh, 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 really? Why? Because uh, it wasn't good. It's a bit predictable, uh, right? It's a bit predictable. This wasn't Alex, good. Why did you just turn into a Dalek? Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh really? Why? Well, actually, because I, I, I could have said I put my sound effects back on, but I didn't actually. That was just my superlative voice acting. It's been actually written on army selection because from like the TTS times, I know that your player Casper Agdal is a fantastic Zinch player. And am I right yeah. in thinking you didn't take Zinch, right? We did, we did on Alex, Alexander. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Sorry, Alexander. Yeah, played the summon yeah. list. Yes. And both of those guys are uh, OG Zinch players. But Alex has they... actually played uh, the last two worlds as well. Okay, and um, was it Casper that felt he could flex to something else then and it ended on Git? Yeah, and, and he and he also did last year. Wow. Well, um also flexed to Nurgle last year. And yeah. and the reason for that is Ale- uh, Casper is an amazing player. He invented the Arcane Siege build on TTS. Ah, that was he's uh, the yeah, and <laughs> I remember yeah. the dark days. Yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he did amazingly. But uh, um, he, he will agree with me when I say that Alex is the best uh, siege player we have in Denmark. Okay, and just actually hands down the best player we have in Denmark. Um, it's very good, uh, Alexander. And this sort of army just feeds into how he plays. I don't think he's the army where he has the most joy. Okay. Yeah, but it just right up his alley. It just just fits. And you guys, because some of you guys went to team tournaments before Wales. Am I misremembering? No, that's I true. There was a group to... of guys that went to Blood Tithe as well, mm-hmm. and they did oh, yeah. pretty well, didn't they? The second and third or something. Yeah, I think that's. I think something like that. We we did one meta thing. We tried to be uh, tried to to. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure it actually worked. But we had our uh, Sylvanath player. He. Uh, brought either wings in his list. It was the exact same list at Worlds. He just uh, had either wings at Blood Tithe. <laughs> but at Worlds, he took him out to go under uh, 80 points, which is what uh, Gits want to be under. Mm-hmm. Usually, I, they're about. I noticed 80. quite a lot of that people trying to go as low as possible to try and get under the, under yeah. the Gits. Yeah. So he was our uh, counter Gits, uh, one of our yeah. counter list, Gits lists. And uh, and a blood tithe, he 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 didn't do that because he didn't want to sort of give gets the impression that people would do that. Nice. The funny thing is, against England, nice. he matched up against gets. I was uh, amazed at how well that matchup goes. To be honest with you, like Durthu just wrecks face on that match. Yeah, exactly. It's so and, scary. And. Uh, and your gits player in England, he uh, he thought he had the triumph. Yeah, he didn't. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I actually he's not yeah. used to having it. <laughs> yeah, 
So that's what uh, Christopher said, at least our uh, Savannah player. That mid game, he was like, "Oh, I have the triumph, right?" <laughs> like you don't have the triumph, uh, <laughs> which is massive in that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So go and so when you started talking, you guys were up against Canada, weren't you? First round, Canada round one. Yeah. So lovely. I didn't group Oh, I mean, the Canadians, they, I mean, they listened to this one and we listened to the party, the all points, a shout out to Dayton. Um, well, I'm interested in and and No, forget yeah. the rest of them. No. Just, yeah, no, none of those guys, none of them. The other two are the real heart and soul of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out to all of them. Um, and they're a boot. Uh, so, yeah, going, I didn't necessarily want to go through every kind of round that you had, um, room but any any kind of rounds that stood out for you good or bad you could say whether it, whether it went against you and you thought it wouldn't or or you thought oh hang on a second we've got this any any sort of any of the rounds that really you were like whoa this is happening well the the big round was obviously against the uk that was day one already the second game of the tournament second so, game against england yeah yeah we were happy to meet yeah. them there um Oh yeah, okay. I would have. I mean, I would have loved that it would have been England round one. Uh, <laughs> oh really? You would have preferred a big round one? Just go straight in there. Yeah, straight in there. You know, beat them up, and then you get the fear factor of the rest of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that's a, great, you know, that's a great point. Absolutely. Uh, if you if you want to win, you got to fucking beat them anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, so why not round one? Um, shake them up, and everybody else is going to be like, "Oh, these guys." The the second round mm-hmm. did have those swinging battle plans, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Second right? round had those swinging battle plans, yeah. So that it's was, not uh... necessarily as if it was round one, you would have it would have been like pure skill based. Obviously, there's skill involved yeah. in main twists and turns and lurkers, but it can swing. So it would have it been, can swing, yeah, a, big, a bigger flag. But um, hey, I think I think going into uh, beating them in round two was. Nice because I think we had had a better prep or better read on on how to pair into that round. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mentioned it on my Twitter thread about the round, but that round, you know, we have this Excel sheet. Everybody, everybody got their Excel sheet. Sure, right? yeah. Um, ours is pretty complex with a lot of different <laughs> macros and stuff, but it works for us at least. And we put in uh, a couple of times like how we would see the round going, and the the last like take on the round for what England would do. Uh, I hadn't deleted that, so when I had made the copy and sat at the pairing table, did the pairings after the round, I was able to compare. Okay, how did, what did we think they would do to what they did, and it was just oh, one to one. Really. That was wow. insane. Yeah, that, wow. Had to, yeah, that was that was really interesting. So we were so we you really got their number big time. We knew who'd be their defender, who they'd attack against. Our first defender, who they'd defend with and attack on the second battle round, and then everything just made sense down the road. Oof. Yeah. And then it just fit perfectly because you. I mean, no offense to any of the Team England players listening, but like you smashed them, didn't you? Pretty much. Yeah. Almost captain. Good grief. But. <laughs> We got what uh, 113 points out of 120. Wow! I mean, and as you say, that must give you that must have given the team huge boost. You just beaten the the yeah. what, what were the reigning champions, right? Yeah, yeah, that gave the team. A, I mean, everybody was a bit 
we knew we could beat them, but we one thing is is thinking actually that doing actually it. doing yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story, right? And this yeah. pre this pre kind of thought about how rounds would go. Did that fit with the rest of the rounds? Were you were you quite? I mean, you must have been right, because considering you beat everybody. But uh, how how kind of close were your kind of pre round to your kind of post match up? Did they all fit kind of one to one, or were a few off or anything like that? I think J- James from UK he he played the uh, Light. That was my opponent, and he had uh, he mentioned to me that, or he asked me, did you guys feel like you won the uh, pairings? And I said, yeah, we did. And then he said. Oh well, everybody feels that after their pairings. Mm. <laughs> that's, that's and that is so true. Like, so I don't think I, I I didn't feel like we lost any pairings from one to six. But I imagine like a lot of the bonus, they also thought, okay, we did good there. Were there any uh, ones where you thought it was a bit dicey? Where you thought, oh, we probably won, but there's a few nasty ones in here. Um, like the French one. Here. How about the French round? The French round, that was the most where we didn't, uh, so how do I say this? So we have, we rate all the games from 0 to 20, how many points we're going to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before the round, we, we and, and we also do it actually per battle plan. So on Presence of Idols, you might be able to take 12 points. But if you're playing Battle Lines Drawn, that might be 8 um so so we do that and from the french team that was actually the one where we got the closest to our preset average against them you can say so if you're looking at the pairings that was the most but we didn't win as much yeah yeah, yeah. was that, that, that was your, was that your closest round against the french i think so i lost a game i should have won hmm. uh i was against yeah. uh, the the gits wasn't it that was against Gitz. I just played against uh, USA, a uh, Gitz player. Um, what's his name? That's embarrassing. Oh, um, Noah. Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Noah. Great game. He played uh, Boingra Bounders, and then I played into um, Herders. And you got to approach those two games quite differently. There's some things that you got to mm-hmm. watch out for. Uh and I think because I just played that game and then I got into put into a 20-0, talking back to I want red matchups. Mm. Um, I, I just didn't focus enough. And I was honestly also quite exhausted. We had just played the UK and the USA and then we met France. Mm. Um, so it was like the big three. You said you didn't focus enough, man, but I took that photo of you and Yorin together. <laughs> and you're focusing <laughs> on that, man. There's like two uh, minutes left in the round and you're <laughs> There, yeah, I got I got clocked that round. Really? I got clocked that round. Yeah, because uh, I just couldn't think as much as I wanted to. Yeah, but that doesn't make me uh, that doesn't make me not like clocks. I think that's good though, because it meant that you reached your limit. You've got something to improve upon now. Yeah, 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 for sure, hmm. sure. And I up to leading up to worlds, I uh, my uh, my wife and I we had another son. Oh, uh, so congrats! Thanks, thanks. So, so I didn't have as many games in uh, up to us. I had a lot of theory. Oh, the selfish bastards! <laughs> <laughs> Keeping me up all night. Um, yeah. So, so I didn't have as many games in, but I had a lot of theory, and I think it, uh, like I felt like I knew 
I knew the game better, but I didn't. I wasn't able to play it better than this year than last year. Hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice yeah, that yeah, you yeah. can fall back on that though, because I think keeping your mind sharp, like playing games in your head, thinking things through, a lot of people don't do that enough. So it's mm. it's a testament to you that you are able to still maintain a level of practice without actually practicing. It's it's so useful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just before we go on to um, ask Owen about um, Wales, anything from your kind of run, Rune, that you thought, do you know what? We absolutely smashed that this year. That was awesome. And anything that you think, oh, actually, maybe we could do that better next time. I think that we we ended up having our Slaves to Darkness player being the first defender, I think, four or five out of six rounds. Um, because we didn't have a good first defender list. And yeah. Some people, they really try and get that. but So I think we might uh, look into that concept a little bit more next year, having a good first defender list. Because in, instead, we just ended up throwing our worst list under the bus most of the time, round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more I mean, God help everybody else if you are doing that next year and still beating everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so I think you, thought, a... you you did really well. Anything you thought, yeah, was great. The the kind of predictions, the meta read was that. I mean, it sounded like you smashed it on that. Yeah, I think so. And it's, it's something that I, I mean that other teams they can't really. Uh, uh, like uh, just replicate but i think and it's going to sound corny as, as fuck but i think <laughs> what, what made us good was that we have this we're really well tight knitted group mm-hmm. um we we talk a lot and we're really honest about it there's not this alpha male that plays this bad list that's just shuts down people's uh, reactions to it like or maybe you should tweak it a little bit we don't have that sort of setting uh, yeah you're able to have those conversations with each other to say look maybe this isn't working or maybe this is working kind of come up with that yeah and we do it we do it the whole year um so we try and get each other better even though we compete at yeah yeah and last yeah. question i guess for that is when when do you start for next year when does when do the danes start have you started already well, uh, two days ago, I uh, I did the. It's a Danish tradition that you resign your captaincy. Yeah. Uh, so I did that two days ago. So now there isn't going to be an election process to find the new captain. Oh. Well, uh, you uh, a high captain as a world champion is pretty great. So. I'm pretty sure there's not going to be any applicants, but let's see. <laughs> I was thinking you're putting yourself forward there. Yeah, yeah I think that I. Yeah. It's a good I, mean, I think I can't help myself. There there's, a, there's a miscast exclusive. Rune is maybe going to be the next Danish captain. <laughs> there is a saying: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So <laughs> that's right. I, I think a lot of people playing at this level up to a tournament like Worlds, they were like, ah, "It's going to be my last Worlds," mm-hmm. and I've I said that out loud. Yeah, but I'm not so sure anymore. It's no, so no, much fun, to, isn't it? You want to defend it. You want to defend the title no, I now. Just go grab another yeah, one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Good to hear it. Owen, hello. Wales. Yes. Slightly... I, how was it? Did you enjoy, what was it like, like compared to last time? Because you were at the last one as well. 
Um, it was, I mean, from a, an event point of view, um, obviously we've been grilling Rune on like the minutiae or a bit more on the gaming side, but I'm sure he'd agree that from a sort of community side of things, it was pretty insane. Like the mm. level of, I don't know, just camaraderie between all the teams, like that event, that um, award ceremony, like everybody wanted Denmark to win. Like it was like the sort of, you know, they were they beat everybody every round and there was just so much camaraderie and good vibes. Yeah, it's just like Eurovision. Ugh. Well, I don't know anything about that. But, uh, but, but like everything from like the people that won the painting to the people that won yeah. the sports. And yeah. it was just a real celebration at the end. And like that side of things, everybody coming together was pretty amazing. It made me think of like when you see the Olympics and stuff and they all in the Olympic village together and all the athletes mingle and they're all partying and all competing, but all partying and stuff together and celebrating this hobby, this crazy little corner of this hobby. So, yeah, I mean, Rune, I don't know if you want to touch on that. I know that we've moved on, but. I agree so much. It's definitely the best tournament I've ever been at. And that's not just because we won. I would also sit the same. Yeah. Uh, if you'd asked me halfway through. Uh, there was just, uh, and so a lot of clean games, a lot of camaraderie around the games. Um, and I think it was for perfect hit on like seriousness in the evenings and between the games, but also being able, being able to like talk and share, have fun yeah. together, share. Uh, yeah, it's a bit like, like that macro version of what you were talking about with your teammates, where you're like everyone's chatting and yeah. sharing in the club. It was like that on an international level. And yeah. Yeah. And shout out to Tom, I mean, and uh, Jeremy and uh, all the other guys that Martin arranged it. and Danny, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Alex, yeah. listen to this. Are you dead jealous? Of Worlds? Yeah, of not being there. Sounds great, doesn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck you, funny man. <laughs> no, I, I, um, I, I think the whole, I think the whole community is coming together and playing, um, these tournaments and playing these games is always a fa- sounds fantastic. The whole, um, the whole kind of playing with people from other countries. Cause I'd love, I'd love to go and play against people from Denmark or, or wherever Sweden, us. That'd be awesome. I love that. I'm I, me personally. I'm not a fan of nations playing against each other. I, I'm not a very national sort of person. So, so that's probably why worlds wouldn't be for me, but the thought of, um, me neither playing, Alex. I mean, I, th- I think that's, that's the only quirk I got, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh, national teams, they go, oh, come on. Yeah, I've yeah got, I'm not a big, I'm not a big national like fan personally. So, um, from that side of things, that doesn't really interest me. But uh, playing against people from other countries is, yeah, great. That'd be perfect. That'd be brilliant. It's why maybe that I thought the singles at Worlds would be quite a nice one to do. Yeah, because you really will soak up the vibe then. Um, I definitely think that anybody that goes, you know, qualifies on the team, it's like a privilege to play at that that tournament. Definitely, mm. like we, I I do consider myself to be very lucky. Mm. Um, but there's nothing to say that you can't replicate that vibe. Like I know I'm I'm not here to plug the Alliance Open, but they put on team tournaments in that same venue where. I've been there and commentated and done other bits and bobs there and you have yeah. a similar feel and, you know, blood tithe run by Mark in the UK. And I think 
I read this weekend, I think pretty sure that the first ever team tournament in Australia or one of outside of Remax, there's a big team tournament in Australia this weekend. And I, I think the format's growing. So the opportunity for people to. Yeah. I was just going to say that Owen. Yeah. Team, team formats for me, that's how Warhammer is supposed to be played competitively. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think we've said it before on the podcast. I think everyone seems to really enjoy team tournaments. That's that camaraderie, isn't it? So yeah, we, you know, like it's that it's like taking, say, for example, when I first got back into this hobby, you're like, I would buy some models and I'd be super hyped to then go down the club and like play with my new unit of Blood Reavers or whatever, you know. So you'd want to share like your, you know, you want to share your hobby with your immediate friends, and it's kind of like taking that and like pumping it full of steroids. You're basically like going with all of your friends who and you've all planned this amazing trip and you've all you've planned your armies and you all know what each other are doing and you're all backing each other up and it makes you know such strong bonds between groups and stuff and then you then go and meet other groups and i think it's just a a, a sort of a, a very clear demonstration of that sort of natural human thing that we all want to go and collaborate and learn from each other. And I'm getting a yeah. little bit philosophical yeah. here, but it's like <laughs> Warhammer's the, the conduit. Warhammer's just the tool. Like fundamentally, we're just, you know, going and having a good time and meeting people from around the world. And and I think it's for, for all levels of players, because even if you're, when you're playing a team's tournament and you're in a matchup that's bad for you, you know, it's because that's what the pairing made the most sense to give other of your teammates some benefit. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. having a much better time in that situation than if you were playing at a singles tournament, yeah, even, yeah. you know, as a not top, top competitive player. Um, and you've got something to strive for. Like you get two points and that could be the yeah. difference between your, your team winning. And that's brilliant, isn't it? You've, you've, you've just been smashed in the game, but you fucking got those two points. <laughs> you yeah. got through to the next round. So you can all celebrate something. in the yeah, So yeah, um, absolutely. I, w- I would say like, talking a bit about Wales and, and the, the experience, then the one of the things that comes from that discussion is, so Jay is a young lad. He was a co- He was like a help. He helped at the Six Nations um, and he came in. He would admit, like, we, we, we really did struggle to put a team together for a variety of reasons. Um, and he came in late and he got on an army late and he played Cruel Boys, which people were mocking a little bit. And like, How did you do? Mate, he did great. Um, I would like to dig out the points, but he he did fantastic. And the thing that he did, and we did a feedback process now. We, we, we've had our process of we've picked a new captain and a new management structure. And part of that whole thing was quite a detailed feedback on, on Worlds. And nearly everybody, one of the questions was, what was your favorite moment of the tournament from a gaming perspective? And nearly everybody said, when Jay beat the German captain with KO, with his footballers. Like sixteen four, and like the joy that we got, like collectively from like our guy, like putting that army on the table and really, you know, getting that really strong win. Because it's this was um shout out to um to I believe it's Max. Max, Max yeah, yeah. my brain is faltering. I know Max. I've met him many times. He's a lovely man, but he's one of the hosts of the Aethercast KO podcast. He's going to hate that I brought this up. I'm sorry, Max. (laughs) It's obviously tough because Grinning Blades, you can't target outside of 12. So when the KO player commits, they really have to do yeah. the work each time and it's like a soup it's basically a super trade you know max would constantly be having to like trade out a unit for effectively a screen to try and get close to the meat 
each time. Um, but everything from the terrain to the mission and the way that we prepped Jay and the way that he delivered, like, like that, I, I took more satisfaction from that than any of my own games. And I think that goes to that whole team tournament thing of, you know, scrapping for two points or, you know, people understanding what con- what constitute a win in teams is a is a really wide scale isn't it it could be everything from one point to 20 points but it's all contextual um so yeah i think that that element of sharing in those successes and stuff um yeah. is like what's really great about teams um, um and anything for wales that again i guess the same question i asked rune anything that you guys that you can remember you thought, oh, we did really well on this, and anything you thought maybe we could do better for next time? Okay, well, I mean, I'll address it that we went seventh with in 2022 with probably what I would say would be the strongest team that we've ever put out. Like, I've been involved with Wales for about five years now, and that was a very strong team. We only lost to the podium. Uh, we lost to England, France, and Sweden. Um, and we, yeah, we, 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 we played a lot of really good teams. This year we finished tenth. I think we only had about ten points less than our previous, but we very much operated in the mid pack. You know, we played Switzerland, all great teams, by the way: Switzerland, Belgium, Germany, France. Sorry, Germany, Greece, Spain, and the Netherlands. So they would be the sort of teams that were all scrapping for you know maybe places from sort of fourth through to twelfth or fourteenth or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, we we went in. We know that we've got strong players. And Simon, our captain, um, he obviously works with you, Darren. He's one of the coaches. He's a fantastic, amazing player, an amazing brain for the game. And he brought us on so much. Um, But for various reasons, we didn't have a stronger squad this year as we did last year. Um, The cost and, you know, people dropping in and out of the game, things like that. So we, you know, I don't think it's a particular secret in the, you know, gaming world that we, you know, we didn't go in with the greatest um expectations um we wanted to perform we have good players so i actually was whilst i wouldn't be content or happy with 10th um you know i think given the circumstances we did we did pretty well and um we put math mallow and simon together as the pairings players pairing partners um pretty much you know at the event we were like we, we should really do this and and that worked out amazing um and I will only say it because I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but it came back in a lot of the feedback. I did a lot of work for prepping, like we had systems in place for prepping players in that, what I call like the golden 10 minutes between the pairings being made and then people going to their tables. Oh, nice. So we had these laminated terrain mats for every matchup, plus all the lists. And you could basically pair the player off with them, with the terrain setup plus their list. And they could then, super important stuff yeah with Mm. another player and like get the micro details so for example players such as players that weren't involved in the pairings like uh, matthew goldsborough and myself um and mark and some of the more senior players rick myhill they would then fill in any little bits of detail or just just reinforce some key things with the players in that little bit of time so that little bit of micro prep had a lot of impact on the way that we got points during the round. So there were some things we did really well. And, you know, Simon got 117 out of 120 points on Gibbs. Beautiful. How many reds did he give himself? Uh, good question. <laughs> Hold on. Good to hear. 
Well, played a lot of mirrors. He 20 owed in a lot of mirrors, to be fair, which is... I'm kidding. I'm which kidding. Is, I really liked Matt Mallow's list. Man, he repped face. I think he was predicted to get 59 points from his matchups. Got 96, I want to say. He's built different, though. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah he, he was doing some crazy stuff. Um, yeah, that's the perfect <laughs> synergy of, you know, a player with a list. Like, you know, we he is very proficient with a lot of armies, um, but yeah, when, when push came to shove, it was like, let's put him. So, you know, the strategy for us was Simon was on, uh, gits, you know, your sort of grim crack, the 72 squig herd, you know, just Uber fight when you die recursion smashy list. Math was on his Sylvaneth. Matt G was on the, the classic Helon build. And then I was on the KO. And those were the four lists that we were looking to, to pair as strongly as we could. Um, but everyone got, and then we had then um, Rick was on Slanesh. Rick did fantastic with Slanesh. And then we had Mark with the Skaven, which was a very coin flippy kind of build. Um, that one, you know, if it got the double, it would wreck, but um, quite, quite tricky to play. And then Rick with his cool boys and Stuart with the Zinch list, which I think we'd admit that Zinch list was, a we didn't quite get that right. So, you know, um, there were some things, like there's loads we can improve upon. Um, but I think fundamentally we did well given the circumstances. I, and on a personal level, you know, speaking plainly, you know me, I'm a bit of a plain speaker. Like mm-hmm. I was in a very good mental space going into the tournament. Um, I think if we were to talk about, God, I'm just monologuing here. So apologies. But if we were, <laughs> if we were to talk about things to learn, then, um, definitely the much like what Rune said, and speaking to Leo from the Finnish team and, and some other players, like 20 high quality practice games or even 10 with really good players that will pull you apart and you'll step back and re-rack. That is much more uh, beneficial than going on some mad dash around the UK playing in loads of singles tournaments, which is what I did. Um, mm-hmm. So I think targeted practice. Um, a much more analytical approach um, from a team base would 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 help us. Um, plus, I think I would say all teams would agree on this. Like, you know, you you're a group of friends at the end of the day. So, doing more things that encourage team building, I think, is important. Even some non Warhammer stuff. Um, yeah. So, so if, if Alexander is. He's one of the big voices in the Danish team. Uh, I mentioned that he's probably the best player we got in Denmark, or he is the best player around Denmark. He, he stresses that every time as well. Like he he arranges events for the team where we just go and we play a Mario Kart sort of game with mm-hmm. uh, Warhammer models, and we drink and we grill food together and don't play touch Warhammer for for the whole day or something like that. Because uh, that's so important. Warhammer models, then sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I got a great image when you said Warhammer models. Then, but I was thinking, <laughs> yeah, war, <laughs> Warhammer models. But we're playing Mario Kart. It's uh, <laughs> that's it's, like you know, there's a tournament in the UK uh, called Bobo, and um, yeah, and, yeah. A- Adam Kunis does Griff Hound Racing. I remember yeah. with like in the bar, we would do Griff Hound Racing games. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's the fun. stuff. Yeah, it's all about that that team camaraderie again, right? Making sure that you're all totally yeah. gelling and being able to have those honest conversations with each other if you need to. Yeah, yeah, I think oh. an organization, a really strong organization, whether it be like business or 
friends or whatever um if you've got people that can just put their hand up and be like no you're wrong i'm not being rude but you're wrong and like it's democratic and everyone's got a voice i think that's really uh important um so what i would say is uh we you should look out for wales in 2024 we've got thing <laughs> already roar into 24 because the dragon <laughs> so um so that's yeah. the danes and the welsh coming for everyone as well well <laughs> i mean we're going to go and we're going to have a really good time. It's a nice balance between maybe the American model and the Danish model. Cause the Americans <laughs> like they were having a great time and looking to perform as well. I think you'd agree rune that you had a little bit, you had a more focused approach. I mean, you made up for it uh, on the Sunday night with like, <laughs> harder than anybody, but I think during the tournament, probably yeah. quite, a, quite a professional approach. Would you say? Yeah. We didn't have many beers during the tournament. No. No, no, no. Um, Only the single days we did, yeah. but not during the, the gaming days, <laughs> I think. Um, so I would like to take the opportunity to just uh, shout out to our new captain. And we have a more of a, a committee-based approach, so everyone has a voice. But It'll be Dan, exciting. Yeah, Dan Arnold is the is the Woo! captain. All right. And yeah. then I, um, myself, I'm the vice captain, and I'm sort of more logistics. And then Math Mallow is the head coach, and he's running all of the games and, and the strategy uh, with the help of all the other players and, and everything. Um, but that's that's the new Welsh team structure. So, um, yeah. Mm, oh, many times. Right, yeah. Darren. Yes, England. We were talking a bit, we've talked about this before, haven't we? So last, if anyone wants to go back to our first ever episode, which is a year ago, all that time ago, episode one. And um, we, I think your words were, they're coming, I think, was, uh, I mean, that's that happens in multiple episodes. Uh, but especially <laughs> in, in that first episode, you said rest of Europe are coming. And uh, yeah. it looks like it happened. Yeah, I, I I said a few things. I, I went back to uh, listen to that because um, I remember saying making a few predictions and, and and giving a few warnings. And I hate as much as I love being right, <laughs> I, I fucking hate it in this context. Um, but I, I basically said that we the 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 I reiterate an earlier point. We don't have the infrastructure in the UK to support like an elite an elite competitive domestic team um um when we needed to reach out to the community more and i think by not going on stream last year it's that was it meant that we didn't get to show the community what goes on at worlds and you don't get that buy-in from the community you don't get that um and whether or not you like the people that are organizing the stream or not it's fucking bigger than you like that that you know it, it frustrates me that they're there are these tensions hmm. um and 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 I'm, I'm trying to say what am i trying to say i'm just i think we need to make more there should be more engagement with the with the, the community at large and we'll 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 have less problems there'll be less resistance to things like chess clocks it won't be this big casual versus competitive debate because they'll see we're real fucking people um so i'd like to see um i'd like to see a bit more sort of engagement with the the wider community, not just the the competitive community, but the mm-hmm. wider community, perhaps. Um, to, 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 how is it? How is it in the UK? Sorry for interrupting you. How is it? Because no, no. I'm interested in that. Like, um, I'm sure other people don't really know the tournament scene in the UK. Do you have ha, do you have tournaments all the time? 
there are tournaments <laughs> all the time. Yes, and I'm all of them. As I was say, Owen's at literally every single one of them. <laughs> so for context, Rune, I was going to chill out, but um, I after this weekend, where I'm going to build and paint the army, I've got yes yeah, three tournaments in a row over the next three weekends, ranging from sixteen person through to like 80, 90 people. I think feud is, and it's all new handbook as well. Wow. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, if you wanted to, in the UK, yeah, you could go every weekend. All right. Do you have like Do you have like pretty big tournaments where there are no players at like the world's level sort of players, or are are there that sort of players at every tournament? I think I would probably. There's going to be some. The thing I do sometimes is I go on BCP and I'm like, oh, there's a tournament here, and like don't recognize any of the players. So I'm sure there's lots of tournaments going on in the kind of 12 people through to 24 or 30 um, mm. where you might not have any recognizable names, but like, yeah, every, every tournament in the UK that's like 24 to 32 players plus will have a couple of people that would get on an international team, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. But it, it means that there's only one or two, you know, sort of competitors for the first place. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't mean that in skill level. I'm not saying that there are only there's only one or two difficult games, but there's only one or two opportunities to practice um, a world class yeah. game, and that that is not conducive to creating really good players. because um, no, I think it, I've never won a tournament in Denmark, and mm-hmm. I just won the world championship. So for me, that was easier. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, that was just a bit of a hit in the back. But uh, no, but what what I mean by that is that we have like the whole world's team plus people that are competing for the spot that are really good at all the big tournaments in the back. Yeah, yeah, you've got a, so, you've got a, you've got a, an infrastructure that supports that, haven't you? Yeah, that's, that's some really quality practice. It's one thing to to play um, people, you know, in practice. It's another one to actually go to competition where you can't stop and sort of discuss things and recap yeah. or anything like that. The pressure is on, um, and we 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 could. I think there's a lot we could do to improve the 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 not just the not just the english infrastructure um, mm. i would love to see a lot more collaboration between the the sort of home nations with with wales with scotland with ireland with northern ireland etc because um, you're only as good as the people you play and i mentioned this last year and i i, I felt like i got a little shot down before i the the, the general consensus was well we don't want to we don't want them to get better and beat us at Six Nations. And I think that is absolute folly. The fear of losing stops you. That, mm. That's that's really terrible. Wow, I, I I feel that's – we've got to get rid of the fear of losing for a start. Like we've lost now as well, you know. That that can happen and it did happen. So I think we need to raise up the people around us or be raised by the people around us as well. This notion that we're the best players in the world has been, has been um, decimated. <laughs> or maybe not decimated that's a bit dramatic but um it's certainly been rocked hasn't it um so i would like it's to been dentonated 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 <laughs> <laughs> so i think um, I'd, like see, I'd like to see a little bit more um infrastructure to support creating elite players i'd like to see more collaboration i'd also like to see uh, Rune, in in Denmark, do you ever go to tournaments where you're allowed to use pre-nerfed 
tomes, tomes that haven't had an FAQ, or do you always yeah. do you wait until they've been FAQ'd and then let them played, or can you just use them no. as soon as they're out? Uh, we used to do that, but then GV started to not uh, make uh, FAQs two weeks after book release. Yeah, okay. And when they did that, we we said, okay, we're just going to play with the tome. Yeah, and if yeah. there's something blatantly yeah. pro- broken, like like if we were to play with the if we had a tournament next weekend, uh, mm-hmm. we'd also house rule some of the GHB stuff on the battle plans. Yeah, okay, uh, right. Like th- there's one that's obvious where you can take off your opponent's models. D three opponent models take them off the board and just never deploy them. Of course you can. So if there's a similar thing in a book, we we would house rule that, but but we play with new terms. I think that's a sensible approach, and I'd like to see a little bit more of that because the whole time we're um, we're going to tournaments and we've got pre FAQ'd tomes available. Um, people are then taking those, and they do tend to do better than post FAQ'd tomes. Mm. Then, if people are using those as results and justifications to sort of get onto uh, a national team, when they end up at Worlds, they're playing against players that have practiced against your list multiple yeah. times that aren't surprised by anything that you've got, you know, and they, they've they've got all that time to prepare. So that's not an environment, personally, like having post pre-FAQ tomes available at tournaments. I'm not, I'm not saying for all tournaments. I'm saying for some, I would like to see some tournaments that are designed to create good players, you mm. know, and for, to make the England selectors make their job much easier. I would also like to see a delay in the England team being um, chosen so that it means – because you get the danger of the you get chosen and then you rest on your laurels and you don't practice. So when Whereas, do you guys when do you guys choose your team? Just it's quite well. I I don't know exacts, but it's quite early on. I'd like to see it a bit later so that people are fighting for a spot. They're playing fucking games. Like you have to be playing games. I won't yeah. go into too much, but there wasn't as much game playing as perhaps there should have been. Wouldn't um, you announce your Six Nations team like and your Worlds team pretty much at the same time? Yeah. Yeah, and so I think November, so like six months in advance or five months in advance. It's a lot, is it? It's a lot of time, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And I think that has um, the opposite effect of what you'd hope it would have. Um, So people, and I'd like to see you know more competition, people fighting for their place, going to tournaments, proving that they're good, using tomes that have got post FAQ, like like getting 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 a podium showing people that you've got a 50 i think is less important than showing people that you're a good fucking player and you need to get to worlds fully prepped all year playing opposition that are prepared for you you know that's how you breed better players that's a personal thought anyway mm. um and i think if we did all of that or or we moved to i don't think i'm not naive i don't think we're going i'm going to say this and then you know, next week all the tournaments are going to be using chess clocks and we're all going to be, hmm. you know, all competing. Hmm. But I think we need to lay the groundworks. I would like to see some more people reaching out to the the content creators. There's so much that can be done, you know, meet the players, you know, t- go through their journeys, all of that jazz, hmm. get a connection with the community, get people invested and, and create uh, an infrastructure that supports creating really good uh, national teams. The other, the other, the danger is if we adopt the, the, the Denmark 
approach. And I think that's because you guys have got a smaller community than us, Rune. So this is not me passing dispersions at you. Have you also got? Have you also got an? Do you have sort of an, like an academy in, in the UK? Not one that's specific for. Um, not, not. I don't. I think we've got like. Um, uh, yes, I think that's true actually because we've got the Six Nations. So we we bring people in and they they cut their teeth at Six Nations and then they they'll progress onto Worlds. So yeah, there is there is um, an academy in the sense that you mean it, I believe. But yeah, I think that, could, for, that could be organised a bit better as that well. That was like that was quite that's quite new for us, and I think that was one of the biggest uh, the best things when it comes to connecting with the very competitive players in the community that are not on the national yeah. team. Mm, okay. So we have a we have a Discord and we have this community with academy players and we throughout the years Worlds players they try to coach them. And then yes. leading up to Worlds uh, four months before or something like that, it reverses. So these players that have been coached, they now have to be they're now designated practice opponents. Ah, so like, yes. You gotta figure out how the best crew boys list is, and you gotta play it against me. But before I played against you, you have to have ten practice games against someone else. Yeah, leveling nice. up your abilities, mm-hmm. and and I think it's been good, like connecting with competitive players uh, in Denmark. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Like you, 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 you're only. I say it till I'm blue in the face. You're only good as the people you play. So fucking make sure everyone you play is really good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I'm just just for a bit of um, relative relative. Oh, I don't even know what word I'm trying to say. Just to be a bit relative, though, the England guys did come third. So you know, yes, that, yeah, it's not it's not a disaster at all. It's fantastic. It's I mean, the, you know, it's podium. It's, yeah, yeah. Sorry, they they did really rally. I remember talking to quite a few of them in the bar on, on that evening after they'd lost and they were pretty gutted. But then that then turned into some really targeted focus. Um, I have mad respect for the bounce back. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, th- uh, I think uh, coming third is still excellent. And I know, I know a lot of the guys were pretty disappointed because winning the year before, but... Bouncing back from the from the Danish round and 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 still coming third is you know I mean third's a great yeah. result so but I do understand yeah. that I know some of them were disappointed from not winning so yeah please don't take my rant as me thinking that they did they did they didn't do as proud because they absolutely did I just there's always things you can improve upon and those are the areas that I would that I would yeah, and you're not commenting so much on the you're not commenting at all on the players right you're commenting on the culture the, yeah. the culture yes. comes yeah. before yeah, and I think. I mean, I think I really like your idea about the kind of the all the the the, the nations kind of coming together. To the, I think that would. It's going to happen. Don't worry. That would be. A, I think that's going to be amazing as a you know because this is high quality teams so close to each other. It's just that that'd be perfect. Um, any last comments about worlds, Rune or Owen? I'll start with you, Rune. Um, any last kind of as as we're moving on with the time? Any any last comments you want to say about your experience? I can make or... a, I can make a funny anecdote. Yeah, please. Yes, uh, funny anecdotes. That's what I <laughs> now the pressure's on for it to be funny. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, so I came to Amsterdam a bit later than uh, everybody else on the team. Uh, came in two days later, or a day and a half, and the guys on my team they told me that uh, six teams had been approached had approached Denmark and been like, "What the fuck is Rune doing with this list?" 
mm. what is that list supposed to do? Um, and then we agreed that I wouldn't play that list in the hall because everybody was practice gaming. There. Uh, <laughs> so we borrowed a mat from from uh, Alliance Open and we went to the hotel room and we played on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's some glorious pictures of me bending over the oh. the the, 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 <laughs> the, the floor. <laughs> he's, he's a celebrity now. You can't talk about him like that. Is it Wednesday? <laughs> Please continue, Rune. <laughs> uh, we were using terrain like uh, maybe your first AOS game was similar because you didn't have proper terrain pieces. You were losing like there was a toothbrush and there was a shampoo bottle and there was a pillow in the corner and that sort of uh, game old school warhammer that is yeah yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah so we we were a bit secretive, secretive on on that on that one but uh yeah Good. I, like, I, I like the playing on the floor that's the that's going back to childhood days you know you know the exactly. the, the shampoo bottles and everything it did hurt my back a bit yeah i, I can imagine yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, you're just a you're just a young nipper, just a young nipper. Yeah. Uh, Owen, any last thoughts about worlds? Um, it was really fun. <laughs> yeah? yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a, that's a great one. To be fair, I mean, yeah. Like we we've we've gone really deep on like you know the what ifs and like trying to figure out you know what we can attribute the success of Denmark you know to and etc. But I think. Really, we do spend a lot of money and a lot of we we invest a lot of time into this thing, and it's supposed to be a hobby. But yeah, I had a really fun time. Um, shout out to Seb and the Narnia crew; he'll know what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just swapping shirts and having hugs and all that stuff. I'm a soppy git, really. I do. <laughs> it's more yeah. just you know widening your pool of friends and stuff. So yeah, just. Yeah. Uh, yeah, had a lovely time, and I, yeah, like Runa says, I came back and was a bit like, ah, oh, maybe that's the last one. But now, I'm on the plane already, baby. Let's go. Now you're back. Now you're back on it. <laughs> so there you go. There's another. There's another uh, advert for Worlds. You might get to see Owen and his sexy socks if you get to go next time. So I got given two pairs of socks actually. Well, oh, wow. and I was uh, so Tom. I didn't know that was the thing. You, I have. I'll bring a pair next time. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> one of them I wore, and one of them I really need to choose when I wear them because one of them had. It, they were from Tom, and they were uh, the the TO, and they were a picture of him, his face, and Jeffrey, the captain of um of the the Dutch team. They kind of had these sort of like shocked, you know, like those fo- the pictures that people have on those Warhammer videos when they're like, "Oh my God, you'll never, you'll never, you know, whatever." You know, it's just like the new Tyranids are busted, and there's like mm. some shocked face. Yeah. I've got little shocked faces all over my. <laughs> that's one pair. I'm like, Tom was really disappointed because I didn't wear them the first day after. He I won them. them. Um, yeah. Okay, I'll, and team, and then, team socks as well. Yeah. I did wait. I wore them on day one, and then somebody gave me a pair, and I can't remember who it was. So please reach out to me if it was you, because I've got a black pair of socks with like your traditional white lines around them, and then they've just got the word "daddy" printed on them. <laughs> <laughs> really, 
They're really fucking inappropriate. <laughs> Was it Darren? Did Darren turn up to Wales and slip them in there? Yeah. I don't know, but shall I? <laughs> shall I? Um, shall I take a photo of them? Tweet them. Yes. Okay. Yeah, please. I'll, I'll take. We'll, a we'll tweet them out. The Daddy, Daddy Owen. Daddy OJ. Um, yeah. Yeah. Daddy that... OJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, great. Well, thank you, Owen. That was a wonderful last one to do. Right. Um, we're going to do our last section. We always do. So for Owen and Rune are going to give us some lovely... Uh... Well, Darren, take it away. The misplays! <laughs> well, I mean, I think that was louder than my... Uh... <laughs> louder than my uh, AOS World Champion shouting. So there you go. I did warn you, Rune. We do a lot of shouting on this. Um Right, the misplay section. So, so hopefully Ruin, Rune and uh, Owen have got some... Uh, I nearly called you Ruin there, or o- Owen. It's a combination of your two names. He, he, um, um, he ruined the opposition, didn't he? <laughs> so Owen won't be on any more podcasts from the from going forward. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got some misplays. So Rune, do you want to kick us off with a, with a, a play or a misplay that you thought was memorable from Worlds? Yeah, I can start with a, a tiny misplay that's just huge, and I think it's it's not like I f- forget my uh, forgot my shooting face or something like that. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I love those ones; they're my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I played. Uh, there was a game of Hello Heart where I had uh, fifty unit, fifty models I could shoot, and just forgot that face. <laughs> it was not that big. Um, it was against uh, Jorin in France. Mm-hmm. Good player. I think he's actually German. Excellent player. Plays very tight. Um, I loved the game when it came to like uh, the skillfulness in it. Um, but my first hero phase, I moved up my Cathala up uh, behind eight inches behind my front line, and that was a huge misplay. That it was nine point one because what he could do was that he could then move up his herders up to my front line and then half the unit died so the other half they ran mm. oh, uh, they get, they get blown up. Oh, and yeah. he could target my Cathala who then died oh, who was supposed to come back on a 3 plus but she didn't oh. but I don't blame that dice roll I blame, blame my stupidity of moving it there and I just mm-hmm. played against point grab bounders which we, we can't do that obviously so it wasn't an issue um, so I didn't really think about the movement for the for the Cathala for that game, but that was so critical because she, you need her to be able to control the unit herders. Yeah, yeah. So when that unit herders came back, I couldn't control it, yeah. and that unit herders alone could just uh, kill whatever they got in touch with. Um, so that's why it was super intense because yeah, it was the first movement phase where I messed up. Uh, so the, the, I, I ended up clocking my time, as I told you guys, because I had to really try and get as many points from that game as possible. And I was actually uh, uh, drawing it, uh, like it would have been a draw, but then I ran out of time and you, you could score for the last round. Oh, what a brutal way to, to get punished for that, such a small thing as well. Yeah, but I think it really shows that it's a game of inches rather than a game of like the turn roll, you know? It's mm-hmm. so important for that. Such 100%, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Right. Owen, any uh, any misplays from you? I want I want to play from Rune. Have you got a play? Rune, we could get a play from Rune as well. You got a play, Rune? Come on, polish your ego. Give yourself a pat on the back, bro. <laughs> I'm sure there's some gold in there. Farian's biggest kill. 
Oh, that must have been uh, what's he called? A cane. Oh, nailed it! Oh, he <laughs> a big cane. Cane. Yeah, he killed a cane. He, he a cane dealt two damage to Light of Therian, and Light of Therian killed the cane. He is bonkers, guys. Nobody plays him. Luke just started <laughs> picking up from the UK. Oh, don't start! Don't big up Luke now, because well, just, I'm going to yeah. big up Darren because when I was playing Reign of Stars and I was like, I'm thinking of dropping the slam. This was like nine months ago or something. Dazza, you were like, get Light of Ulfarian in there. Yeah, yeah. I use them in cities. It's <laughs> um, great. Only one person was brave enough to bring him to Worlds, though, wasn't it? He stepped. He also he also killed 12 Bulgars in, uh, against uh, Belgium. Wow. Mm. It's just nuts. Yeah. Biggest, best play, I think it was... Uh, Against it might have been against James. That was just I think understanding the game, so it's not actually like a play in itself. But he played two hundred zombies, mm-hmm. and I had twenty nine models, mm-hmm. um, and we played hero holding. What is it called? Only the worthy, I think it's called. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and and he had I don't know four or five uh, uh, Legion mm-hmm. champions, and I had had one. Uh, but I could take turn one, and due to how the terrain layout was, I knew that he would put all his most of his zombies on one side of the map because there was a lot of terrain on the other side of the map. That's not fun for his pilots. Mm. So I just put the Cathala on the point, just with the tippy toe. And James was like, "Oh, now you're going to screen for her." And I knew that I didn't want to screen. For her. I'm not sure if he baited me or if he <laughs> thought it was best to screen. To this day, so James, you can PM me. <laughs> uh, but I, if I had screened, then I would have allowed for zombies to be able to run up and pile into the screen. Mm. Just sacrifice that. But by being there, I was uh, uh, like 15 and a half inches away from his uh, zombies, so he could only get a few in. And I knew that the Catholic I wouldn't die from that. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, nice. just let my Catholic get in combat with zombies, and he took the bait and got in there, and nothing, uh, nothing could turn out from that, and <laughs> I ended up winning that game over James. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. So James, if you want to, just uh, PM Rune, and then we can all hear about it. From, uh, <laughs> yeah. from lovely opponent, lovely game though. Yeah, yeah. he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a sweet guy, James. Uh, Owen. Um. I've got a f- couple of misplays and a couple of plays, but I can probably do a misplay that led into a play all wrapped up in one. Um, Sounds lovely. So this was, um, and I'm, then I'll cap it off with a little tip for all KO players, which um, I'm sure the community will love for me to tell them because there's a, a bit of sweet tech that I don't see many people using. But the misplay into a play was basically, I mistakenly thought that I was really good on Battle Lines Draw and I played it twice and I did win both the games. I won against Gits in round one and I beat the, this was a game against the Greeks. Um, but essentially with Battle Lines Drawn, um, it's a really hard, and I'm 10 drops, it's really hard to get a turn one battle tactic because you can't do Cunning Maneuver because this is the mission mm-hmm. where it's table quarters. So, so you can't do Cunning Maneuver because there isn't an objective wholly outside. 
and you can't do stake a claim, which is the, the cheeky one that KO and Fire Slayers players like to do, whereby they start by not controlling any objectives. You've seen with the KO players, they just stay, they stay off the objective, and when your opponent deploys onto their objective, then they start the turn and they have less, and then if they just jump on theirs, step onto another one, you have more, and that's your two points, easy. So you can't do either of those passive ones. All the get in and out of boat ones you can't do. So you either have to kill a unit, yeah. Yeah, which means generally I have to put something important, either 15 Thunderers or my boat with 15 Thunderers at 18 inches. So essentially I played Marathi and the Bow Snakes. He deployed pretty well. He put a screen of 10 witches on one side, and then he actually screened with little Marathi and big Marathi. Um, So I was like, shit, what I'll have to do is just hug the edge of the board stay at 18 with my ironclad and then um I, I i'm confident that with the distances and everything even if he doubles me he's gonna have a long charge to get into me um and i'm confident that i can you know I, i've left a little bit of space behind me so if the clad gets blown up then i'm not going to lose all my thunderers but it was still a bit like shit this is a massive green for me and i've already fucked up so yeah i did push for opening salvo easily cleared out the 10 witches and then it was a good play i basically got the navigator to put half move and d3 mortal wounds onto both of the marathis so i knew then that they were going to be slowed down which was going to help me in not getting my boat caught so i was like okay sweet i'm in an okay spot so his turn i know this is a long misplay but it's like a it's like a, a big culmination of events so he then i'd forgotten about the mirror dance spell so mm-hmm. he was yep. half moved he mirror danced. He moved. He mirror danced the two units, um, and then that meant that he got closer. Um, and then he doubled me, and I was like, "Shit, this is actually danger now. I'm going to lose my boat. I'm going to lose my boat." So he took the battle tactic that was charge three units, and he's brought down some harpies, and he had little Marathi and big Marathi, and I had an admiral, which was chargeable, and also my boat. And this then, so this was a massive misplay. I was about to lose, and I was furious with myself. And then at the start of the movement phase, I, I basically realized I declared, I was like, I'm going to use my code right in the hero phase to change. So, um, no, sorry, that's a different tip. So what I did was I basically was like, fuck, the thing I can do, normally you use the KO ability to do two commands in the same phase, to fly high and then combat landing, so to deliver your payload. But I was like, shit, the only thing this is going to get me out of this is if I use the command in the same phase to double redeploy, because you can do that in the world's pack, because you can use leadership of the alpha to uh, basically give your boat the two commands. So he had to move his one of his Marathis closer to be able to get one of his three charges off. So, yeah, he just got within nine of my boat, which meant that I spent two command points and I double redeployed the boat eight inches and he failed the charge and had to go into my admiral instead saved the boat. And that then meant that I could then fly high the next turn and basically table him and get a 19 one. But so, doesn't sound like a miss, but sounds like a great play. So it was a massive a misplay to put myself in a position and then it turned into a great play. So yeah, that's why hmm. I <laughs> misplay into good play, but I was, I was pleased with scrambling and, I appreciate that that's where 
that's what I'm good at. I'm good at creative scrambling. <clears throat> I shouldn't have put myself in the position. But yeah, being able to do an eight inch redeploy, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do an eight inch redeploy again because I think that the pack should be changed because <laughs> it's only at Worlds that you can do that. Um, and then, yeah, my last little tip would be this came up and it helped me beat the Belgian captain Thibaut with the 60 Sentinels because that was a horrible matchup for me. Um, and the code right, not many people use the code right. So this is my other good play and a good tip for people is talking about that big commit where you've used the ability to use two commands in the same phase. You've dumped everything down. In the shooting matchups, what you can do with the code right is you can change from being, uh, you can change your footnote. So once you've used your big commit, you've dropped your thunderers down, you've blown a load of stuff up into like Sentinels, for example, like against Tebow. I basically use the code right ability to change it so that now I have once per battle when I'm shot at by a unit, I can shoot back at the end of the shoot of my opponent's shooting phase. So in the shooting matchups, like he basically was not motivated to shoot my set, my thunderers because when you shoot back, you don't have to shoot the unit that shot you. So I could clear out something really important if he targeted my thunderers. So basically in that match, I think I lost my Arcanauts and maybe one or two heroes on turn five, but my thunderers were basically full because of that one little ability. So that was my little play. And I told Leo about that on the finish team. That's a nice play. Yeah. He, yeah, he used that a few times because it just shuts down your opponent. Like his Sentinels were just not doing anything because he was worried about, you know, poking his head forward with the wrong unit and then losing it because of that one ability. So mm-hmm. there's a few little bits of KO. Also, I think KO are not two turn, put it down. Quite <laughs> <laughs> a techie, complicated army if you play interesting. But, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. anyway there's there's me monologuing again but there's a couple of interesting things that came up during worlds but at the same time i'm never looking at the army ever again you can quote me well thank you very much owen that was very good so what a good one to end on so uh that's it that's that's the end of our our... play alex oh have you from worlds yeah no i wasn't at worlds go on then darren go on misplay it's not even it's not even warhammer related um oh. it's the other day um i'm in my 40s alex and i went to a day rave um, nice and don't don't ever fucking do that <laughs> <laughs> is that the misplay is that it that's the misplay yeah brilliant <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. You, I said you get you got health advice at the start and you got health advice at the end. So don't say this mis, this uh, podcast doesn't help you all. Thanks, Whatever. Darren. No, <laughs> right. So that's all, all that's left for me to say is um, thanks very much, Rune, for coming on and congratulations again uh, for winning the whole thing. Um, Thank you so much. You? Thanks for having me. No yeah, problem. And maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll uh, get you on again next year if you if you go two two time champion. So three uh, times. Three times exactly, three times. Yeah. So yeah, but um, and as I said at the start, do please check out Rune's Twitter thread. It is great um, for kind of more insights into the matchups and how his list works. It's really really worth. So yeah, so thank you again for coming on, um, Darren Owen. Pleasure as always. Thank you. Yeah, just want to shout out the whole Danish team as well because they were a real proper team there. So um, yeah, I know a couple of them, but yeah, props. Uh, to to everybody they were the people's champs for sure i think everybody wanted them to win so 
just wanted to put that on record right and uh and thanks to all of you for coming along listening and and getting us to do uh, more of these we'll try and do some more mini-sodes as well um because everyone supposedly wants to listen to our rubbish so um we'll try and do some more mini-sodes so but thanks again everyone uh be kind look after each other and we'll catch you all next time so cheers bye-bye It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.